Hi, this is Gina Visram from Limitless Coaching, and you are tuned into the Creative Career Solutions for Parents podcast. I am always excited that you're here, but I am even more excited today because I am joined by the phenomenal Emma Holmes. Now, if you've been following me on social media for any length of time, whether it's on the Limitless Coaching page, um, or even whether it's via my newsletter, you will know that Emma has been a coach and mentor of mine for years. Now, Emma Holmes is from Coaching Rockstars, and she is brilliant for my first interview for this podcast because she encapsulates so much about what we talk about on a regular basis when it comes to working parents, when it comes to making choices, and when it comes to recognizing that if there is anything you don't like about your current situation, you can make a change. So Emma, just want to welcome you to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. It's so cool that you're here. I am thrilled. I am thrilled. And so, Emma, you will know this. The the aim with this podcast is to create a supportive, inspirational, empowering space for working parents. And Emma, these are all words that I would use to describe you. And I know that much of what you're up to will connect. So I wanted to start by asking you to tell me more about your current business and your journey to get there. Absolutely. Uh, I've been working, obviously, I was going out early in the morning, I was coming out late, you know, coming home um, late at night, suited and booted, briefcase in hand, and I just got to the point where I felt like it didn't fit anymore, and it just didn't feel right, and it didn't, it felt like I was rubbing up against something all of the time, and I felt tremendously guilty that I wasn't at home with the kids, um, so I thought that the perfect world was then to start to work part-time, and um, I was I was paid really quite well for working part time, but what happened there was that when I was at work, I felt guilty that I wasn't at home. But then when I was at home, I also felt guilty that I wasn't at work and I wasn't pulling my weight and I wasn't there for my clients. And you know, it became this vicious cycle that between um, a Sunday evening and a Friday evening, I pretty much felt guilty for the whole of the time. Give myself a Friday night off the guilt trip and mm. a Saturday, but other than that. I pretty much felt guilty and I didn't want to be one of these people that stood around the water cooler and just had a bitch about the circumstances that I found myself in. The only person that could change this was me. So I made a decision at that point to um, become self-employed and long story short, 
we are here with um, my business, which is Coaching Rockstars, and um, I help and support heart-centered and soulful entrepreneurs to build businesses. So the, the theme still runs that, you know, my work has always been about helping and supporting people, um, but it was that point of having children, of feeling really bad all of the time, um, that I, I knew that I had to make a choice. And I either had to kind of suck it up and shut up whinging, or I had to change my world. Now, Emma, you just said something which I absolutely bears repeating because it really is at the heart of um, Creative Career Solutions for Parents here. And you said, the only person that could change this is me. And that is such an incredibly powerful realisation because I, well, I, I know in your work and I know certainly in mine that you come across frustrated people all the time. You know, frustrated about their current situation, experiencing that mum guilt. Oh my goodness, Emma, this is something which is a really big topic, <laughs> which is a really big topic here. And it's something that I'm going to keep delving into in this podcast, actually, because I don't think mum guilt ever really goes away. I just think that there are certain ways to handle it. But also, it's clearly very important to make the right decisions for you as you did. So I think it's really interesting that you went from this corporate job that you loved, which you knew you wanted to do ever since you were a little girl. It was really, really fulfilling for you. But then, of course, as your family situation changed, then it, like you said, it didn't fit anymore. Um, so I think that's something that people will really resonate with. So, Emma, if you don't mind. Sorry, I think it's a hard realisation as well because, you know, it, it brings up all sorts of things for people because mm. if you've always really um, loved what you did, if you've been quite career-focused before having a family, it feels like a bit of you, you know, you're compromising your being because a lot of what you have always done and the career that you've um, really strove for and really, you know, dedicated yourself to becomes, you know, it's become an integral part of your life and your personality and your being. And, you know, having to reassess all of that can feel quite huge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is something that that listeners will really connect with because, when it's something that you know that you've always wanted to do and a lot of the definitions of yourself tend to revolve around your professional life because you you work towards that when that changes it almost feels like there's a bit of something to mourn in a way and it feels like a bit of a loss um so yes i completely get that and thank you for making the point emma particularly poignant because as well you know you are your identity is changing anyway because you're becoming somebody's mum or dad. Mm. And um, you, you won't have got there yet, Gina, but you, you get to the point where that's all you're referred to as. <laughs> well, you know, I mentioned... I'm just Jack's mum. This is it. I mentioned that just now on my Facebook Live because I was like, I know that there are, you know, at the school gates, that is your identity. You are so-and-so's mum. Yeah. Um, and so people don't really know don't really know the you but I was wondering Emma can you tell us a little bit more about your family so I know that you have um Jack and Maggie how old are they now? Jack's nine and Maggie is seven and um I consciously decided that I'd have them fairly close together on the basis that 
you know, I thought if you're, you know, if you're tired with one with nappies and um, feeding and things, then you might as well have two. Nobody tells you that that isn't the greatest idea. <laughs> Oh, that was my choice and that was my uh, decision. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I completely get the the mummy, you know, you talked about mummy guilt and I, I know that, that you know that uh, this morning I've been at Fracture Clinic with Maggie because um, she had an accident where she fell off her brother's skateboard. Oh. Um, you know, we can all go to um, the point of really over-analyzing situations once we're parents, you know, feeling like we always have to do the perfect thing, um, that we have to protect them at every juncture and every opportunity. And, you know, in real life, that doesn't happen. In real life, you know, they start to grow up. You want them to start to gain a little bit of independence. You want them to start to do things that make their heart skip. You want them to do the stuff that makes them happy. And, you know, we, we can't wrap them in cotton wool and we mustn't feel guilty about that. You know, I think that we can, um, nobody's perfect, but we can all do our best. Nobody's perfect, but we can all do our best. Absolutely. And you talk about our wishes and our hopes and our dreams for our kids and how, you know, we, we want them to gain the confidence and the skills and the ability to do things that make their hearts skip. But... It, it then becomes a little bit of an irony, doesn't it? When you kind of realise that that actually you're potentially no longer doing something which makes your heart skip. And so, you know, what is it that you can do about it? And so, Emma, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how your days look in terms of business time and family time. So I think that we all also have to be a good example to our children. Um, and, you know, we have to not do stuff that makes us miserable. And, you know, we've got to look at embracing, because all we want our children to be is happy. That You know, that's the only thing that, that any parent can, can want for their child. You know, they can be, do, have, achieve whatever they set their mind to, but all we want them to be is happy. And I think that we, we've got to show them that we make the decisions that make us happy too. So the general working day here at Coaching Rockstars is that a couple of days a week they go off to Breakfast Club because they want to and they love it. Um, so those days I start work at 8 o'clock. Um, I do the school run four nights out of five. So every evening, four out of five nights a week, um, I'm at the school gates at 3 o'clock. And um, despite the fact that my children think that it's pretty lame to have to go home with their mum every day and they think that... <laughs> like to go off to some sort of after-school provision and why can't they and everybody else does one day they'll thank me for that (laughs) (laughs) then on an evening um it it depends on what is happening and what they've got going on they're now of an age where they want to get on with their stuff when they come in so sometimes um i do what what we refer to as blend time which is stuff that i can do within the business that doesn't take um a mass amount of concentration or quiet and they're getting on with playing Minecraft or, you know, watching YouTube or um, just really kicking back after school. Um, but as a general rule, I work from from either eight or nine, depending on whether it's breakfast club, till three, pick them up at three, and then sometimes we'll dip in and do little bits of work once they're home from school. But I don't ever put appointments or anything pressing in at that time, so I'm predominantly mummy at that time. Amazing. And you 
mentioned that you used to be a corporate lawyer. Emma, tell me a little bit more about what your day was like then. Um, I would leave the house probably about seven in the morning. Um, I would run on adrenaline through to about six at night and then I'd come home. <laughs> so it would be, you know, it would be case files, it would be suited and booted, it would be days in court, it would be, it was very varied, you know, it depended on what, what came through the door on a particular day or what was in the diary on a particular day. And I remember that um, my little boy, Jack, was three and a half weeks premature. Um, so I went into labour and I was actually midway through a court hearing. Oh, wow. And for the second day. Because <laughs> I'm that night got into labour, so I was still working at the point of him actually being born. I'd been to work the day that he was born. Oh my goodness, that is quite something. Now, I have to say, I remember because Nyla arrived a little bit early as well, just, um, just under three weeks early, and she was born just before 1am. Um, and I remember, I think certainly within about three hours, I was emailing a client of mine just saying, so I'm not going to be able to do our session tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yes, it was lovely actually for it to be from my coaching biz and to be able to be doing that and not worried about anything at all. And so I think you've answered some of this, but I think it's worth us um, really making the point, um, Emma, about uh, what was your motivation to move from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial one? And how has that journey been for you? It was all about um, choice. It was all about the fact that we have choice. It was all about the fact that um, we have control of our own destiny. And if things are making us unhappy, then we should really look at those things. Um, We can make all sorts of excuses about why we don't um, from stability and finances being obviously the most important and the most common reasons all the way through to safety and you know, not wanting to put yourself out of, of your comfort zone and not wanting to take a risk. But I knew that, that this was my opportunity to make a choice and that I would regret not making that choice and that I would just continue to get the same results. It's that, um, you know, if you keep doing the same things, you'll keep getting the same results. And mm. you know, I either had to shut up and suck up or I had to make a decision to move. And it's not easy. I'm not going to tell you it's been pixies and unicorns. There's been times where I've sat with my head in my hands. There was times where I couldn't afford to pay myself at the beginning. But I really, really knew that I had something to share, that I wanted to help and support people. I wanted to help them to um, take their businesses forward. I became a student of all things business and... within sort of the practical aspects of running a business, not necessarily just looking at, you know, the um, the theory behind things, but actually looking at how that can be implemented and the things that can happen. And I, I sit here, what, Jack is nine now, so I sit here probably, uh, what, six, seven years down the line, and I have a business that is successful, that is financially um, hitting the buttons that is helping and supporting my family and I'm really proud of it and I was wondering so you mentioned that this is six to seven years down the line what you have created 
sounds incredible and I know I'm really close to it Emma because um and for for the context of anybody listening Emma is one of my coaches and mentors and I have admired her work ever since I came across her a couple of years ago um so I haven't been around since the beginning but even in that two years I have seen an incredible evolution that's really really inspiring for anybody who wants to create the lifestyle that they want for themselves and their family and anybody who wants to have a thriving business. But I do want to go back to the beginning a little bit, Emma, and I want to ask you, what did your initial entrepreneurial setup look like? So I know I've seen you over the past couple of years and I've seen huge changes even in that time. But take us back six, seven years when you made the leap from the corporate world how how did you start how did it look and how did you feel about it all i initially purchased a franchise and um i knew that you know i i had a, i felt i had a fair bit of business acumen because obviously i've been involved in marketing meetings for our departments i've been involved in you know all sorts of um business related things i've learned to play golf um, that, that's a sure sign of being in the corporate world. Well, I was clients and things. Amazing. I, I, was, I was fairly business savvy, but I knew that there was more to learn. I knew that there was a lot more to learn. And I um, initially started with a franchise. Um, unfortunately, it was a model that was, was flawed and that um, wasn't going to do what I thought it was going to do, but it was the best business training I've ever had on the basis that. Goodness, every opportunity is a good opportunity in that way when you look at it. And I think there there's there's such a thing about about fear and people worrying about fear. And I really want you to kind of get back into this story because I think it's so interesting. But I wanted to pick up on that point of, you know, kind of feeling the fear and doing it anyway and and failure not being an end. Failure, if you have the right attitude, being a beginning and a better beginning. But please continue, Emma. But there, there is no such thing as failure. The only time that you can ever fail is when you stop trying. That is the only point where you can fail. You know, I look back at, at things that haven't been as successful as I hoped that they would be mm. and never, ever diagnose them as a failure. Again, it's about the way that we look at things. It's about the diagnostic that we give it. Um, I was just talking to somebody a few weeks ago. I think it was six weeks into the year. And she was ready to write off her whole targets for the year because... Because she hadn't started. Because within the first six weeks of the year, she was 60% down on what she wanted to be. And in those six weeks, she diagnosed that I failed and wanted to reassess her position. And it was like, well, actually, you know, you're six weeks into 52 weeks. You can either deem the fact that you've already failed or you can crack on and make this happen and I think that we we so often um, because you know because we are more brutal to ourselves than anybody else will ever be to us absolutely expectations of ourselves are so much higher than anybody else would expect us um to to do and to achieve and how productive we should be and how much money we should make and and blah blah blah. you know we really do give ourselves a a bashing sometimes a really hard time um, but you've got to start to look at um, the the outcomes as 
they are in their reality rather than as you catastrophize them to be. And I often say to people, the best thing to do is to write them down because the minute that you write these things down, you discharge their emotional power. So they're no longer a nagging away in your head. They're, they're written down as words in black and white. And at that point, you can reread those words. And often, as you reread those words, you think, actually, that's not even a thing. It's not that bad. It's not, <laughs> it's not that or however you've catastrophized it to be. You know, when I said to this lady, so at, at week six of the year, and immediately she wanted to facepalm. Immediately she was like, I see what I've done there. Wow. And we do do this. You know, we are really mean to ourselves at times. We really are. And I know one of the one of the messages that I've seen you put out in memes and one of the things that you've said to us in your coaching groups is, you know, about making sure that you're not the worst boss that you've ever had. Because, you know, you can be trying to escape some kind of crazy corporate inflexibility, but then be just... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. Okay, so you went from a franchise and then you moved on to doing your own thing in a different way? Uh, totally, yeah. You know, I took um, the lessons that came my way during that period of time and um, really, really started to become um, a student of all things business because I saw I saw the flaws in, in the uh, model that I ended up in. I knew what I wanted to do about it. So I started to really work at honing my craft, essentially, and looking at why business doesn't have to be uh, the way people perceive it to be, why it doesn't have to be um, suited and booted, why it doesn't have to be stale, why it doesn't have to be pushy, why it doesn't have to be icky, why it doesn't have to... um, I'm going to use the word masculine, but I don't mean that as in manly I mean that as in them sort of traits that that people do attach to business that it's got to be cutthroat that it's got to be this and it's got to be that and it's got to be the other and you know I really started to hone my skill (coughs) excuse me about how you could do business in a very different way and I started to lay down the foundations um, of all that I had been learning all that I had experienced and um that ended up in me having a brand called The Launch Queen. And I hit myself a little bit of a task to see over a 12-month period how much I could grow this business without it ever feeling icky or horrible or like I was buffering up against myself or whatever um, uncomforts came as a result of the business. And I grew that business to um, six figures. And then decided, again, that that didn't quite fit anymore. Um, the, the brand was just not me, and it didn't really reflect me and my personality. It was a blooming, beautiful brand, but it didn't work for me. Um, and that's when Coaching Rockstars was born from there. Um, a little bit brighter, a little bit more flamboyant, a little bit more cheeky potentially <laughs> <laughs> all all things that you are which is brilliant no I have to say so when I got to know you it was when you were within the launch queen um brand and you're right it was a brilliant brand and it really worked and it was really clear and all of that um but I so admire how you you tune into yourself and you recognize that something isn't working for you and even if 
you know the 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 numbers are good and and all of that stuff is good and and things are certainly successful you're not scared to move things along to make sure that they fit you and really feel good for what you want and i was told you know as they um as i as i evolved into the new brand of coaching rock stars i was told you know sort of be ready because you're probably going to get a dip in income um, because you're going to have to re-establish yourself within this brand. And, you know, it was kind of a, a cautionary, just just be careful because I think that you might be over-egging your targets thinking that you can continue your growth. Um, but I smashed that. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Now, Emma, I have to ask, I know as well as to adorable little ones and we've uh, been able to see Maggie sometimes um, when you've been doing videos and things um, I know that you are also married to a as you describe him a professional hero My professional hero, yeah. yes so I want to ask um, how important would you say communication with your spouse is when it comes to talking about your dreams and your goals and essentially what you want to achieve for yourself and what you want to achieve for your family? I think it obviously depends on the relationship that you have. And, you know, I know that on lots and lots of occasions, um, my rock stars have been wobbled by conversations with their spouses who haven't really understood um, what they're actually doing and have um, knocked them off their perch a little bit by being protective and you know that's all they're being and they're not being mean on purpose they just don't understand um what it is that they're trying to achieve so i think that absolutely communication is key but i think that you've also got to be mindful of the fact that they're they're coming at this with their life lens they're coming at this with their experience they're coming at this with um protecting you in mind you know i know that that some people just don't have any desire, will, want um, to become self-employed and then just see being self-employed as the most balmy decision that you would ever make. Um, but, you know, I think that absolutely you've got to make sure that you are communicating, that you are looking at the expectations of one another, that you are, um, you know, seeking that support. But also be mindful that sometimes... They might say things that don't sit nicely with you, but they're not designed to hurt you. They're not designed to make you wobble. That's them coming at it with their life lens in their way. And all they're trying to do is to protect you. That's such an important point and perspective, I think, because I would imagine, I know I have always felt extremely lucky that, that Raheem and I speak to each other a lot and are very very supportive of each other's goals and dreams and it was one of the things that kind of really inspired me when I wrote that um, career coaching book for newlyweds um, happily ever after for grown-ups a few years ago it was one of my motivations behind that but I see exactly what you see as well which is not everybody that's so weird I mentioned his name and he's calling which clearly I'm going to ignore because we are recording an interview here <laughs> but that's really nuts <laughs> but um, but yes I do see that not everybody not not everybody gets, I suppose, the comfort and the motivation from their partner. And I love that you mentioned that often that is 
it's it's not because somebody's trying to clip your wings it's because they're trying to protect you so most of the time they're not being mean so what would you say to women or men what would you say to people who have a dream have goals potentially want to change their circumstance great if you can be you know have excellent conversations with your other half but but even beyond that what what are good ways that people can i i suppose find communities or potentially get support for what they want to do that's the big thing it's all about getting people who understand and um you know getting involved in communities that will help you to make decisions as to whether or not it's for you. You know, I, I work with lots of people who haven't made the leap into being self-employed yet and they're just really starting to feel their way into whether or not it's for them. And, you know, the, the really um, famous Jim Rohn quote is the one that's really important. You know, the, you are the average of the people, that, the five people that you spend the most time with. And if you're looking to start to flex your entrepreneurial muscles, then you need to start to be spending time amongst other entrepreneurs who understand the type of work that you want to do, the type of environment that you want to function in predominantly, and, you know, getting some experience from people who absolutely get it. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say that is so incredibly important and you know I'll I'll be doing separate kind of b- bespoke episodes of this podcast on communities and the importance of them but I'm so glad that you made that point Emma because you know I think even even with a spouse who you know I support and he's incredibly supportive and 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 we gel on our businesses even with that I come absolutely buzzing when I've been you know in the hub in your kind of coaching rock stars group or when I've been in the female entrepreneur association or wherever it is and and you're kind of speaking to like-minded people and seeing what they're up to and it's incredibly powerful so whatever it is that you are wanting to do explore um, then really do look out for like-minded people because you really will lift each other up absolutely become a student of the um, type of work that you want to do get that thirst for knowledge going and get yourself involved in a community because those things are going to be the difference between you staying stuck and actually taking some action and moving forward with the dreams and desires and goals that you've got on your list so emma i love to you know talk to nyla about my day ask her about hers now granted she is 14 months old and her <laughs> her uh, way of speaking at the moment is a little bit love, 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 which is amazing. I will post a video at some point. It's the most adorable thing. Um, but I am curious, how do you communicate with your kids about your business? What do you tell them? What do they ask you? How do you all group together as a family and talk about your day and what you're up to? Um, my son is really interested in the number of YouTube subscribers that I've got, and apparently I'm a little bit lame at the moment, but it is like really good that I am a YouTuber, because that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> cool points from mum, okay, but yeah. clearly need to work on the subscriber level, excellent. Yeah, um, from Maggie's perspective, she's much more interested in how many likes she gets if she ever gets on the page for any reason. <laughs> uh, so she's a little bit of a diva, a little bit of a celeb in the making. Um, but we talk about it in the same way as we talk about daddy's job. You know, this this is mummy's job and mummy does, mum, does business and mummy's business is coaching rock stars. And uh, we talk about it in the way that we would if I went out to work. 
and you know they'll talk about how many calls have you had today mummy um they know that they shouldn't be in my office although they're often found with their fingers in my stationery um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know we, we treat it in exactly the same way as we would daddy's job and you, they'll ask me bits that they want to know and I'm always really open and honest with them about it that's really cool I know one of the um, one of the uh, entrepreneurs that I follow online told a story where uh, she said that her little boy and I have to I can't remember how old he was but I think he might have been about Maggie's age so maybe about seven um, how he uh, had a careers day at school and you know they asked them about what their parents do and uh, her little one said something like oh my mummy's in her pajamas and plays on Facebook all day <laughs> um but yes it is always just kind of interesting to have those conversations with our kids for sure um so Emma I've got a few more questions before we wrap up and one of them is I know that you work with a wide range of women predominantly um who I've had the privilege of seeing up close and personal via your group coaching programs and your membership club which I'm part of but what would you say to any working parents here who are thinking about starting their own business that the enormity of it will seem massive. That if you look at it as, I've got to leave work, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do the other, blah, 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 blah. It'll seem like such a big thing, okay? And it is. It is a big thing because it's a lot of change and there's a lot of things to do and there's a lot of things to learn. And that is not to overwhelm you. It's about taking the first step. Everything that you create will be created one step at a time. So if right now you're thinking, well, what could I do? then the first thing to do is go off and brainstorm the types of things that you could do, the types of businesses that you potentially would want to do, the things that might make your heart sing. Because being in business is more than having a job because it becomes so much um, of an attachment to yourself. You know, we talked about your career defining a lot of who you were. Well, a business is just that, you know, it's that with another level on top. Mm. it becomes quite personal so it's got to be something that you love it's got to be something that makes your heart sing but start with the first step break it down don't look at the enormity of it break it down into achievable chunks I've got loads and loads and loads of people who work alongside building their business so from a financial security perspective they are working so that they're earning a living but they're also starting to build their business on nights on their days off on weekends so that, um, you know, it isn't all about jumping with two feet or not at all. Yeah, absolutely. And that's obviously something that I can relate to because that's, that's how I'm handling it in terms of I've got my employed work and I'm building my business on the side. And, um, and yeah, it's been exhausting and rewarding and there've been all kinds of roller coaster rides, but I, I absolutely wouldn't change the journey for the world. And I guess that's why... It, it's kind of like you say it's not about the the destination necessarily all the time and not about you know the kind of massive thing but when you take one step at a time um then it it really does feel manageable yeah. um so emma what has surprised you most along your journey um i don't, I don't think i think you've got to be you've got to be ready to expect the unexpected. Mm. I probably don't think anything's actually jumped out and surprised me massively. Um, Because I look at things as being as they are and there's nothing that we can do and 
um, you know, we find ourselves in circumstances and situations, all we can do is control the way that we react to them. Absolutely. And Emma, what are you most proud of when you reflect on the choices that you've made? The fact that I was brave enough to make the choices. Awesome. Now, what is your um, favourite, what is your current mantra, Emma, or your favourite motivational quote that you would like to leave our listeners with? I know. I meant to set you up because you have some amazing ones. My favourite one is try. Uh, tired of trying to cram her sparkly star-shaped self into society's beige square holes. She chose to embrace her ridiculous awesomeness and shine like the freaking supernova she was meant to be. Oh my goodness! May we all embrace our awesomeness. And sorry, I was talking over that. Who is that quote from? Erica Kathleen. Amazing. Oh, and well, thank you for pulling such a great one out of the bag because I didn't set you up for that. But that is very cool. And finally, Emma, where can listeners of this podcast go to keep up with your fab offers and services and really everything that you can do uh, to support people in your work? Um, You will find me over on www.coachingrockstars.com. Or you'll find me, Emma Holmes, Coaching Rockstars on Facebook. Brilliant. Well, Emma, before we finish off, I just want to say I am so thrilled that you have been my first interview for this podcast. One, because like I say, we've worked together for, for a while now. I've worked with you, but also because... This podcast would have still been a a dream or a thought or an idea in my head if we hadn't spoken earlier this year and we hadn't talked about the idea of just simplifying things and and you know simplifying things and just getting them done because you know me I would have wanted to have you know the 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 music at the beginning and the end and this that and the other and you absolutely challenged my perceptions with that and within a week of us speaking I had this podcast started so I think it would have still been an idea or a thing to do later in the year or next year or whatever if we hadn't had that conversation so thank you so much and thank you for being um, my first interview on this podcast my absolute pleasure my darling thank you amazing well have a brilliant day uh lots of love to maggie and i hope she recovers very soon uh with that wrist and enjoy the rest of the easter holidays thank you thank you very much okay take care bye